0: So this episode is going to be kind of fun because I asked what your assumptions were of us on Instagram, and we're going to answer those here and say whether they're true or false. I already did a few of these in a QA and a over in my stories, but I thought it would be fun to answer some of them with Elisha as well. So hopefully... I don't know, this is just gonna be a fun episode. I also just wanna take a minute and thank all of you who have left us ratings and reviews recently, especially a couple of you that have left reviews that we know in person. That is just so humbling to us that we know you guys, we miss you too, and you're taking the time to just write those kind words down. That means so much. And I just, we're really close to a big milestone, which is kinda crazy. We're at 691 ratings, and 700 is just right around the corner, which is kind of mind-blowing. So thank you guys so much for helping us get here.
1: Hey. The podcast, everyone. We've got a very special guest today, making his first appearance on the podcast. Is our youngest child, Mr. Lauren Gillette Voegberg.
0: Lauren, did you call him Lauren?
1: I hope not. I probably <laughs> did.
0: You probably said Lauren and I missed the No, state. I probably.
1: St- dang, Okay, should I start again? No, I, I think I, we're I good. The first introduction of my son.
0: <gasps> no. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. We're trying to figure out all kinds of things right now, and one of the biggest ones is when we do the podcast. Mm. Okay, that's just one of, maybe a little one, but like usually we can count on the kids' naps being quiet, and then when they go to bed. Yes. And that's the case, except for that's when Lawrence is awake and typically a little fussy. Mm. So I fed him early today just for you guys, which is saying a lot because... Lawrence is on a pretty strict schedule. Yeah, uh,
1: this is, I think, our first time recording the podcast without the support from a, a family member watching, being being here to watch the other kids too. Yeah. So this is kind of a first. We're, we're tackling it, and I think it's gonna work.
0: It is. The three yeah. kiddos are
1: asleep right now. There, you might hear some construction noise because we do have some contractors over working in our garage. Um, on a very exciting project actually.
0: Yeah, we've got so much going on. Yeah, it's kinda of blowing out our ears.
1: It is, yeah. And in the midst of all this, Katie is potty training Lewis. Well our uh, year and a half old.
0: We've both kind of been potty training Lewis because Elisha's been home. We've had so many appointments. I don't I don't remember having this many appointments with the other kids. Uh that he's needed to be home so I can go to those. Mm. And as a result, I don't know, he's he's doing everything I'm doing. We're juggling all the falls right now,
1: but yeah. I don't know. This I will think be a we, good
0: transition week, and yeah. hopefully next week we can get more of a flow. I Every that, week we'll get more of a flow.
1: Yeah, well this is, just to, I feel like this is to be expected. At least I feel like we should expect it postpartum. <laughs> uh, I, maybe we said this last week, and I don't want to beat a dead horse here, so to speak, but. Uh, I do feel like the transition from three to four has been, it's caught me off guard slightly. I think we were a little bit more prepared for this to be more challenging than the other transitions, you know, going from two to three or from one to two. Uh, But still, there have been a few of those moments where you're like, wow, like our house is kind of uh, a zoo right now, or like this is a circus right now. Well,
0: I think part of that is because you are still home.
1: Mm, that's true. So you're yeah.
0: experiencing the circus more front and center? Sure. Where I think the past kids you've been at work at this point. That's a good. Yes, you're right. And so I'm kind of like, oh, it's a zoo, but then we can kind of get things together when you come home. Sure. And you'd give me a break. That's right. And now it's just kind of like no one's really getting a break cuz we're all.
1: That's in a good it all point. Yes, that's probably contributed a lot to me feeling that way more more yeah. with this one. It's been a total joy. Like I've never felt so blessed in my life to have these four healthy children a healthy beautiful wife who uh i don't know if some of you knew that she injured her tailbone pr- just before going into labor with lawrence uh but that's healing up nicely and so she's feeling better with that and uh yeah overall we feel really grateful and blessed with how things are going
0: oh yeah and it's, we're only two weeks in yep so
1: two weeks into this postpartum season yeah so, all that said, I mean, I guess that was kind of catching you guys, some of you up to date. Oh, yeah, um, we're just like. Yes, we pressed record and just started talking there. We uh, need someone to talk to about this. Yeah, I know exactly. We're just starting to process. Uh, but today's episode, it, there, we're going to jump around to a few topics, but it is kind of interesting and oftentimes insightful to see what people's assumptions are. Of us as a family or as a couple or as Katie or of Katie as an individual, we're mostly going to be answering the assumptions or responding to the assumptions that are um, directed towards us as a family. Uh, Because I think Katie kind of answers some of the other ones, you know, more over on your Instagram or on your YouTube channel. Uh, So I'm excited to dig in and the topics vary. You know, some of them are kind of lighthearted and silly, where some of them I think have more severe implications. And, And so, so buckle up. Here we go. Here we go. So I'm going to start with the first one that we circled here, and this assumption says you were engaged for less than a year before getting married. That's a very accurate assumption. Ding 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 ding. ding. Yeah, we, got we, we were engaged for what? All of two and a half months. That what it two was? and a
0: half months. And it's so funny looking back because that's just kind of my dad's and my personality is just okay well once you're engaged then just why don't you get married and the way if you guys haven't listened to our love story I'll link our love story in the show notes cool um Elisha and I didn't think we were anywhere close to getting my dad's blessing to get married yes and then it was like overnight it was literally overnight we thought he was calling you to like tell you he never wanted to see you again
1: yeah
0: and what did he say (laughs)
1: Well, yeah, I had made some... Uh, there was some drama that had occurred that led to me expecting a phone call from Katie's dad, expecting to hear him say, you know, good riddance, and I'll never, you know, don't even set foot on the same continent as my daughter ever again. But, and so when he called me, I was fully expecting that. And, but instead, he, um, he says, you know, I've been praying a lot about, you know, what transpired, I do think you've been forthright since then. Um, you know, I think there's been a, a break of there's trust has been broken, but that can be rebuilt. Uh, and when when it when it's all said and done, I just trust you as a person. I trust you, potentially raising my grandchildren. I trust you now with my children, you know, with my young children. Um, so I don't see why why you wouldn't if you and Katie want to get married, why you wouldn't just do that? And this came out of just left field. This was not expected at all. And uh, and, uh, and so, of course, I was not going to be like, I oh, don't know, that's not a good idea. I was like, that's a great, that's a great idea. Like, I got, him in a, I got him on a good day, so let's just go with this right now. Um, and, and so I was like, okay, that's, I'm all for that. And he goes, okay, well, when, when do you, and they, we were, I was in Central Oregon at this time and Katie was in Southern California. And he said, "So, how soon do you think you could like set up a proposal?" And I was like, "I probably t- tomorrow or the next day." I just have to get a shift covered at work, and so that's kind of how the proposal transpired, anyways.
0: Yeah, and then we were walking on the beach. I remember my dad and I were walking on the beach, and we were talking about the wedding. And he was like, "Okay, well, I'm thinking maybe." may would be a good time because he had he has all these appointments and this was like the one weekend we could do it Mm -hmm. or we had to wait till october Mm -hmm. and so i was like sweet okay and then i called elisha and was like oh we can get married in may and this was end of february
1: yeah
0: march april yeah and elisha just like
1: (laughs) yeah it's funny i freaked out it's so funny because katie and i we knew we wanted to marry each other but we did not know each other that well. Like, yeah. we, we trusted each other, we had a ton of admiration for the other person, and so it's funny looking at the story in retrospect and seeing some of my character traits, how they played out and how to, some of Katie's character traits played out, because there was I was so scared to say like, no, I don't want to get married that soon, because I was like, I mean, I just want to get married, so if it means in two or two and a half months, then yes, let's do that but if it were up to me i wanted a lot more time to kind of situate us you know to find a place to live to save some money to get my career more established my i was starting in real estate at that point um and so those were things that i was kind of hoping for but at the same time not to the extent of i was like okay well if this is my option then yes i'll take the option that i have Because I just want to marry you.
0: (laughs) Anyways, it's just funny looking back and knowing Elisha so much better now and him knowing me so much better. And we're like, that's just so funny. Like, I feel bad I stressed him out so much, basically. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but at the same time, I think there was a good chance we would have broken up if our engagement had been longer. So I think the Lord knows it'll work out. Yes,
1: I'm so grateful. The Lord's just grace and mercy is so evident in, in our relationship, obviously. His grace is the most of the gospel but we see it really practically also in our relationship okay another assumption i'm just going to read all these because katie's holding lawrence and i'm holding the phone so i'm going to read all of these uh this assumption says you never doubt your faith and that is incorrect that's an incorrect assumption and uh maybe that's a surprise to a lot of you but i think there are elements of our faith um that I bring into question. I wouldn't say on a regular basis, but enough so that I'm never surprised when I have doubt. Uh, and and if anything, I think that you know, doubt's not doubt's not the lack of faith. The I should say, you know, doubt's not the opposite of faith. Unbelief is the opposite of faith. And if anything, doubt is evidence that you have faith because you're doubting the thing that that you currently believe in. And and so every time I have doubt. I'm always grateful that it's, it's evidence that I have a faith that I truly believe it, and I want to you know do all I can to do away with that doubt, but to strengthen my faith. And, you know, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so, when I go to God's word in those times of doubt, He is always so faithful, just to speak to me through His word, His inspired word, and um, and to bring I guess more comfort and security and faith to those aspects and you know aspects that. Our current question today so often is you know was jesus god and i think well of course he was god but then people will say well that's just you know the tradition you've been brought up in. i said no i'm pretty sure it says that in the bible many times and then people you know will say well no he doesn't really jesus that never calls himself god you know these are things that get thrown around there all the time i think does he not say that so i go through the gospels again thinking what are you talking about like this if anything i just grew my faith exponentially because I was challenged in that one area. You know, I had that doubt, so I, I went to the scripture looking for answers regarding that certain subject. I'm like, oh my word, Jesus Christ is the son of God. He is the only way to God the Father, and that is explicitly declared in the scriptures. And so, um, what am I, I'm just talking way too much here. The no, answer to no, your question you is, is that good yes, we, we doubt our faith or various aspects of our faith from time to time, if we look older, all of a sudden it's because we had to take a little break there. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I had to take a little Lawrence break.
1: Yeah.
0: uh Hopefully he's down for a nap. That's what it sounds like.
1: Yes, got him fed, got him down. I mean, what more could you want, really?
0: As a baby? As
1: a baby? As a, anybody? <laughs> As a human being, You'd be having a full belly and be able to lay down in a bed
0: sounds pretty good yeah sounds pretty good oh on the last topic were yes you, were you gonna say i think strategy? i was
1: done yeah i know it's kind of chopped up here but yeah you welcome can, to you our can, lives yes no. our lives are a bit choppy right now so what were you gonna say regarding the faith one you
0: have a little hold on real quick hold on you have a little fluffy on your face okay so what i was gonna say is yeah i feel that way too i don't know if i would say oh i, da- I doubted my faith mm-hmm initially i would say oh i haven't but like when you mentioned be having your faith challenged mm-hmm. i have felt that way sure so it's probably the same thing
1: yeah um maybe yeah doubt might be maybe that's a stronger word maybe question i've questioned my faith numerous times yeah and there's yeah.
0: like and not in its entirety but aspects mm-hmm. so like i had someone message me and say well i think that we we're both Christians, we take the Bible differently because you seem to think that it's the, like the, this person was saying that the way that I recite verses are like, this is proven evidence that God means this. Hmm. And this person was saying it's open for interpretation because it was written by men, because God used men to write the Bible, therefore it has errors in it. And hmm. I was like, whoa, 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 like I I think I've always believed that this is the final word and yeah. God's preserved his word throughout the generations. And remember, I brought that to you. Oh, yeah. And that kind of led me on this study of like, is the Bible inerrant? Is it mm-hmm. infallible? Mm-hmm. And has it been preserved? Mm-hmm. And so that was really strengthening for my faith. And I yes. think I definitely had that moment of it being challenged and being like, okay, I've always believed this, but I don't actually know what verses back that up, or what history backs this up. And that actually led me to find Verity, which is an awesome podcast, I mentioned it before. But if you're feeling those doubts, as far as like, how we got the canon Mm. for the Bible, or like, I don't know, why are certain books in the Bible and certain historical books out of the Bible, uh, Verity is a really awesome podcast. It's by Felicia Masonheimer, and I think you'll really like what
1: she has to say about it. <laughs> yeah, that's so good, Katie. Again, you can go into, you could just talk talk about this topic for hours and hours and hours, you know, yeah, the different okay. aspects of our faith. But I will just say one thing before we move on to the next assumption, and that is, it's I don't want whatever the doubt or the fear or the question that I have, I don't wanna fuel that unnecessarily. Uh, so go, and in other words, there is so much information out there and we have to choose what we're going to consume. And so I want the ratio to always be far on the side of filling my mind and my soul and my, my emotions with God's word and his truth. And being aware of the questions that are out there, being aware of the challenges that people are presenting to our faith or questions that they're presenting for our faith, um, but unless you feel like you've got these things that constantly keep arising. Don't go, you know, don't go out. Like faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you want your faith to grow, then feed yourself the word of God. And that'll be what equips you for those when the challenges do come and when the, the questions do arise. Uh, and I think on the flip side, if you go out there and look for questions, that's not strengthening your faith. I think feeding yourself God's word is what strengthens your faith. And when those questions do come, which are inevitable, then you fall on God's word, you address those questions, and does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, that's really good. I'm glad you mentioned that.
1: Because I'm so guilty of going on rabbit trails that are really not that edifying or building up of my faith.
0: That's good. Okay, so here's one, and it said that we come from affluent families. So I could see how that would be perceived, because as of this moment, both Elisha's parents and my parents are what you would call affluent. I would call them affluent.
1: Yeah, I mean, that term, and I don't even know how to define that term, you know, because...
0: There's always someone with more money.
1: Well, also, just based off of the world and the history of the world, like, we are by far affluent. You know what I mean? Like
0: That's true. Like, like living we, in America makes you affluent compared yeah, to the rest the of
1: the 20, world. Yeah, just the 21st century in, uh, in America, is an affluent position to be in you know
0: i think in terms of like i'm just thinking generally of maybe what this person is asking i would say yes sure
1: that you were raised in an affluent no no
0: i'm saying that i would consider our parents affluent now i would consider myself affluent if i was in either our parents position okay Mm -hmm. so that is subjective like elisha's saying so It might be, it might not be compared to what you have in mind, but that said, both our parents are entrepreneurial. Their paths have been very up and down and my parents for sure started off completely broke, like completely broke.
1: Um,
0: And when I was like six or seven years old, they're really open with their story. They were completely in like head over heels in debt and really had to work their way out of that debt hole and I was seven when we moved into a fifth wheel on a friend's property and there were six of us at the time six of us kids we lived in a fifth wheel and an army tent and my parents this is something I love about them they really they weren't worried about keeping up with the Joneses Mm -hmm. and they'd never have been, they never have been materialistic. Mm -hmm. Neither of our families are materialistic at all. I think what our parents have spent their money on is like experiences and Mm -hmm. raising a bunch of kids. Mm -hmm. So it hasn't been on like what you might expect someone to spend their money on. Um, maybe here in America, it's been very non-materialistic, I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But,
0: But yeah, that said, with the whole trailer. Uh, we lived there for two years and my parents were able to pay down all that debt and we were able to get a down payment on the house. And it was just, I don't know, I just really respect my parents' story and it's been something that I've insp- aspired to is just to not worry about like what other people think and just do what's best for your family and your situation. It's never been about money. Yeah. And I always felt that we were so rich as a kid because my dad made everything fun. And I never knew that we were struggling financially for most of my childhood until I was an adult. And then looking back, I was like, oh, that's why you guys are making those decisions.
1: Yeah. Uh, I feel like I, if my, maybe my childhood wasn't affluent, maybe my parents weren't affluent, but I do feel like the most privileged person ever with the experience that I had growing up. Because I had just an abundantly loving family and supportive family and never once did I question whether or not I was going to have clothes on my back and a meal to eat and you know and a roof over my head. So that to me that's such a blessing. I forget what the uh, it might have been like a Malcolm Gladwell book, one of his books where he talked about like there's a I don't know, some social science study that that determined this was back maybe like 10 or 15 years ago that the, you know, the perfect whatever, I'm butchering this. So if you know the reference, you can Maybe correct me on it, I don't but think I'm you gonna
0: even started. Yeah, us.
1: I know. <laughs> but in the, in one of his books, tipping point or blink, well, I can't remember which one it was. That somebody decided that the based off of you know social research that like eighty thousand dollars a year was the best meet, income for like the ultimate happiness. Basically, like families that hit that level didn't feel the financial pressure, but then they also didn't. But when you got more than that, you saw families like basically. Creating more problems with their money, or a lot of times children not getting the experience that of like going and getting their first job, or of having to pay, you know, save up money to buy, you know, their first bike um, that actually brings more joy into homes. The point that I'm saying is that whether or not it's eighty thousand dollars or whatever it was, I feel like I was in that sweet spot of as a child of never feeling like we were gonna go broke, that we were gonna be without, but I had to go find create create work for anything extra that I wanted. Um, and so from the time I was, you know, I guess probably nine years old, on it, I, was, I was entrepreneurial, you know? And, and so for my own clothes or books or, you know, instruments or my first car or paying for college, um, we, we just paid for that ourselves. And that wasn't, be, I never felt poor because of that. I felt like it just gave me more opportunity from the experience.
0: Yeah, I would say that like on a practical scale, like, my parents bought necessities, and yep. then when it came to clothes or extra shoes or, like, we all bought our own cars as well. It was just, I don't know, we bought our own stuff. Yeah. And, and something that I think both our parents did, though, that we could relate with is they provided, provided us with awesome experiences.
1: Yes, and that's So that's they would be felt. like, okay,
0: we're going on a family trip oh, or yeah. pain. Or yeah. you know those like yes. experiences. So I feel like I bought the more materialistic things in my life, yes. and my parents provided these like awesome memories.
1: And Same. And also lifestyle. like a property that I grew up on. Our house was was big, but it wasn't luxurious. It wasn't like fancy finishes, but it was very comfortable, and it was like the coolest property ever. We lived out in the country, um, and I, yeah, yeah. That's such a I don't know. I feel like we haven't I really think, answered the question. I think people just... can
0: feel like we're talking about money, but I would say this: I think our I would consider our families affluent at this point. They've they've worked really really hard. They're both very very generous, and but it hasn't always been that way. Yeah, we always felt cared for and provided for as kids, but it hasn't always been that way. Yeah, and I think that it's given us a good. Um, we always felt secure and taken care of. But I think Elisha and I have always known the value of money and work.
1: Yeah, and there was a crisis at one point in my childhood too. I'm sure there was multiple in my a financial crisis in our family when I was ten. So from the time I was or nine when I was, from the time I was nine to twelve, um, the business, the industry that my dad was in took a big hit. and so he kind of had to recreate himself you know when I was nine years old, so he would have been what you know in his early 40s. and so he went and got and got a job at, at, a, at a log mill at a log yard, you know, operating equipment, and his income went down substantially. You know, so there was about a two and a half to almost three year period where, yes, we got to still live in the same house, but I can remember things got really tight. You know, we weren't able to go on the trips that we could have before. Um, We didn't have some of the extra things in our home that we had before, Um, and my dad spent three years, you know, kind of restructuring his businesses and and getting back on his feet. And so that was a part of our history too, which I feel like is inevitable when you've got an entrepreneurial Well, that's what I mean. It's been very up and down. Like there
0: have been fat years. There have been very slim years. Yes. So anyways, I think I like to say this because my mom really inspires me. Well, my dad and my mom inspire me. But if you have watched any of her Q&As on YouTube, then you'll hear more of like my parents' early married years and just like the way she supported my dad through a lot of like really hard years and Mm -hmm. i think that just inspires me okay so you never argue in front of the kids
1: well i think we do that yeah sometimes
0: that is a false assumption we do argue in front of our children
1: yeah hopefully we save the juicy ones for our private arguments but yeah petty and actually sometimes serious arguments probably happen in front of the kiddos whether it's at the dinner table or in the car, you know, like when we're, when we're traveling, I feel like we've had some good, some, some good arguments in with, with their audience.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that this is actually something that's really healthy. If it's a good, healthy argument, we're just disagreeing. We have different opinions and it's not like a fight or something explosive. I don't know, I saw my parents argue growing up and I saw them resolve conflict growing up mm-hmm. and I think I learned a lot from that. And so there are definitely times when my parents would be like, okay, this is too much or we're going in the other room to figure this out. And yeah. I think Elisha and I hopefully have that perspective in front yeah. of our kids. But I do think it's also healthy for them to just see, oh daddy and mama love each other. They can totally disagree. Mm-hmm. and. Then things are fine again. Yeah. yeah,
1: I do remember too. My parents, uh, you know, having arguments, but then always finding so much comfort when they would let us all know that they resolved, that they love each other. Because um, that can be stressful as a kid when you're not fully understanding what's going on. Uh, and I think even you know our four-year-old and, and Lucy, they can you can see them get uncomfortable sometimes when we are in an argument, and it brings them so much comfort when you know Katie and I hug and we're like oh no we love you know mommy loves daddy daddy loves mommy and you see them like kind of relax again and take comfort in that
0: yeah I would say it's on bigger disagreements if I start crying yes if I start crying then they both that's when I think they both are like what's going on and then Elisha and I were like no you know we're good daddy and mama love each other yeah and they're like oh okay yeah. So, I mean, but that's a rare occurrence.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I think we'll probably just continue to learn and grow regarding that and yeah. what to, yes, exactly, what, what to have them be in on and what to have them not be in on.
0: Yeah, that's a learning curve. Okay, this actually goes along with it. This is a different assumption. It says, you guys never fight, maybe argue or disagree, but not fight.
1: It has been a while since we've had a good fight. I'd say like a good heated heated argument or a verbal I guess to you know fight
0: yeah I'd say we probably fought like four times in our marriage there's four times that stand out in my brain where I've been like that was probably unhealthy
1: yeah like that was yeah when exactly. I think fight
0: I think this is unhealthy like sinful yeah like, like you cross you're the line maybe attacking the other person's character right you low low say blows. something yes. you really
1: regret yeah you attack their character maybe some things like that yeah yes yeah four times yeah, I'm, I haven't like calculated them, but I think, can think of the one, I think in Bend, we did it once at the apartment.
0: When can I, I left the apartment? Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that, so
1: I'm glad you said it. Like,
0: yeah. Hey, it took a lot for me to leave the
1: apartment. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got yeah. in the car and drove away. I
0: got in the car and left.
1: And the other was when we were in Centralia, and you got out of the car. <laughs> You made me pull over. You're starting...
0: These are so embarrassing. You guys, these are like <laughs> ultimate immature vibes. Uh, You're right. I got out of the car. It was like pouring down rain. Yeah. We've talked about this. This was like such a dramatic, immature moment. Also, we know like everybody in this town. So I wouldn't be surprised if some people who maybe even listen to this, like saw me marching yeah. in the rain and Elisha like driving with all the kids in the car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trying to get me back in um
1: I can't yeah. really think of the other ones Cabo oh Cabo that was
0: and yeah. there was one more in that apartment in our town home
1: was there There was one
0: more time I couldn't remember
1: if those were two different ones because no I, yeah was, okay yeah yeah that was different okay yeah I can think I can remember all those yeah
0: <laughs> so those are all times where you like regret it and yeah. we're like that was not healthy yeah we do not want that to happen again yeah it's been a really long time though
1: yeah, you're right.
0: I mean, over a year.
1: You're right. So far in our new home, that hasn't happened, and so yeah.
0: I mean, we hope for maturing and growing. Yeah. But if you've ever fought, it doesn't mean you have a terrible marriage. Like.
1: Yeah, we definitely. wanna It's uh, it's not healthy, I think, to have those, and so you want to grow through them and realize, hey, yeah. you know, this doesn't need to become a fight. Let's talk about this right now and have there be multiple arguments, maybe, but not a fight. You know, yeah. Until so that we can come to agreement or you, we can see it from each other's perspective or whatever. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, so I wouldn't say those are indicative of our marriage, no. but they have happened. Yes. Okay, here's another assumption. Y'all are debt-free.
1: Nope, we're not.
0: I like mm. that you guys think we're debt-free, but mm. we couldn't buy this house without a loan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have a home loan, and then we still owe a little bit on our car, I think.
0: We do. Yeah, so you and I had always paid cash for cars yep. until this car, and... I'm really glad we didn't. There were We were trying to build our credit to be able to actually get a um, home loan yeah. because neither of us had any credit. We hadn't used any credit cards growing up, mm-hmm. really. And uh, so we had to build our credit after we got married. And yeah, that was hard.
1: It's so funny. Katie and I, we've had some really fun wins entrepreneurially over the last five years and we've started a handful of things and we've enjoyed it tremendously, but we feel like such infants and newbies when it comes to like home loans or credit and Like it was such a foreign world to us. Maybe like finance I guess like we just didn't understand that world and we would have we had gone in a couple times trying to get a home loan and we didn't realize that like your entrepreneurial income or like your self-employed income it like works against you. It doesn't matter. It's like the more money you make, the less credit you get for it. <laughs> That's, not That's what it felt like though. <laughs> and so, uh, and so it actually took me having to get like a job, like a W two job and, uh, and then building up our credit. Like we had like a roadmap. It's like, okay,
0: yeah.
1: we need well, to get the credit to here. We needed a the then...
0: secured credit card. I could yeah. not buy windshield wipers on credit. And I was like, how are we going to do this? Like we can't even, buy anything on credit to build our credit yeah. and so then we figured out oh there's such a thing as a secured credit card so yeah. we did that for a while anyways we, uh, well like i think this goes with kind of like what our parents taught us yeah around money yes. is it was like don't go into debt like both our parents had credit cards but it was kind of like this did did your dad?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. But but they
0: like pay him off and like yeah, you
1: just you you only spend money that you have. Yes, you, know, like, you only that's... spend
0: money that you have, and the easiest way to do that is to pay cash or you know debt. Right, exactly. So Elisha and I both had that mindset coming into marriage, and we had to get debt in order to. I don't know. I mean, we weren't gonna like have hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash all at once at our age, and stage. Yeah. So yeah, we aren't debt free. Um, I don't know if that's actually a desire of mine or not. To be honest. Okay, you speak more than one language, Elisha.
1: Negative. No, I. Um, we were. I was homeschooled growing up, and we had a, My uncle is, was is from Switzerland. He's Swiss, and he taught our family French for one year. And that, oh yeah, speak like, your French. I don't know. I'm not going to do this. Yeah, it no, sounds I'm so not good. going to. Alexia I like to do this when
0: he's like seducing.
1: Yeah. I try, whenever I'm trying to, you know, get lucky, I put on my French man and it always works, but also so... I'm not even saying real words I'm making that up. No, I always um... make stuff up. So we did French for a year and then, um, my sister dated a Spanish teacher for for a year or so. I feel like I you're
0: really pulling at shoestrings here. To, well, no, know,
1: to just well, no, I'm just telling you. That's like the extent of my lean or my language abilities is a year of French that I don't remember anything from. I think I was nine or ten, and then a year of, of like Spanish lessons, and that's it. I have nothing. You got nothing? No,
0: no, I can't. Yeah. I don't know any of those things. Also, yeah, I don't. One of the questions on here was like, oh, you guys have Wanderlust. And maybe Elisha does, but like I don't wanna leave the country again, so I'm not really motivated to learn another language because I feel like everyone who comes here learns English. I feel like other countries are like smarter than Americans, sometimes not Americans. Smarter than like I don't know, here okay, US here citizens? in America, no. yeah. Yeah, US citizens. Like if you're just born here, everyone learns your language. Yeah. When they come here. And then like you hear about these Europeans and some of you Europeans know like four languages because all the countries are like close together yeah I, I don't know i'm just in awe in awe okay um you okay we we just have two more okay you don't drink alcohol uh,
1: are you gonna answer that or am I, I whoa
0: i showed you these before
1: yeah i know but when you say it out loud like that, it's so like, I don't know. So yeah, we, I mean, Katie and I both, we had a glass of wine this week. Yeah, we both did, yeah. we did. Uh, but it's like an occasion. It's, definitely it's like a, a special sp- occasion. It's a special treat for us, yeah. Okay. Um, yes. And so, yeah, we we enjoy a glass of wine when it, when it just has a special occasion. Um,
0: it's okay, you don't have to
1: like... Yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. a beer. If, I mean, like if we're going <laughs> out to dinner and it's like at a brewery or if there's you know, there's the whole, you know, like there's the local brewery, like I'll get a beer, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um
0: I feel like so when I got married we've talked about this before, but I made Elisha promise me that he would not drink alcohol at all. I grew up in a family that didn't drink alcohol at all, and I just was very uncomfortable with it, and so I just didn't want him to. And I think once I saw like he was willing to do that for me and it didn't have this like hold in his life, then I was a lot more comfortable with you drinking, having a drink here and there. And I think by sipping on your wine, I realized oh, I actually really like wine. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's just kind of like where we're at right now. It's something we hold loosely.
1: But... Yeah, we like don't have it, we don't have our house stocked with. You know, we don't have beer in the fridge or wine yeah, in the cupboard. I don't like
0: alcoholic like, beverages in the house. Like in the home, it's
1: not a part of the grocery list. We don't really, we're not gonna like hide it from our children, but we also don't want our kids just thinking like, oh, mommy and daddy, you know, have a glass of wine every night. We don't, because that's not the truth, you know what I mean, that's not the case. And yeah, we
0: wanna keep it as something that's just like a special occasion thing, not a big part of our lives. Yes,
1: uh, and we believe drunkenness is a sin, and so drunkenness, yeah, just to clarify that is a sin. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: like, and I mean not to say like it's bad if you do keep your house stocked with drinks or whatever. You know, every, oh, yeah. everyone has to come to their own
1: I'm stoked on when this. we go over to visit people and they keep their house stocked with drinks and they offer them I'm like, You oh, probably man, would if I was awesome. comfortable with it. You know, one <laughs> yeah. time I think Katie actually this is this was crazy. This was like Katie's maybe I've shared this before, so might be redundant. But Katie was, you know, very strongly against any alcohol and, and so I agreed to not drink for the first year of our marriage, anything. And, um, but before our first one year anniversary, Katie bought me, for my birthday, um, a really nice, really nice bottle of scotch. And so that was like yeah. her saying like, okay, you know I, I, trust, I you. trust you, like, yeah. So that he was really sweet. He cried when he
0: got it, it was so worth it. Well, just because
1: of, like, not because, oh, I'm, I'm crying because I've got this whiskey in my house. It's no. like, it's, <laughs> <No>. like, <laughs> it was because of like the sentiment for sure. You, yeah. Yeah.
0: It was like me trusting you and yeah. wanting you to be able to enjoy something that you have enjoyed in the past. It's kind of a funny story though. So I'd never been in a liquor store before and I went in and I had asked my uncle what kind, like I knew nothing about alcohol. I still don't know anything. And so I went and t- I had asked my uncle like what this specific kind of like Lagavulin right there's the scotch and it was a certain year so i had like all my little stats and i went into the liquor store and i asked the guy specifically for this exact bottle of scotch and i think he knew thought i knew what i was talking about because we went over to this like Lagavulin section and there were different years there and i was like no no like i don't want any of these i want this exact like it was 12 years or something i don't want the 16 year one And when I went to check out, he didn't card me. Yeah. At all, and I just thought it was funny because I I was like all prepared. I'd never been carded before in my life, and then I left the store and I was like, I just went to a liquor store and I didn't have to pull out my ID. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah.
1: That's uh, so that's our alcohol story for the for the episode. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: So random.
0: Anyways, yeah. It's it's not a big part of our life, but it's not 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 a part of life our life either. Um, you guys miss living near family.
1: Oh yeah, I mean I think that's one of those things where we don't regret where we live, and we don't regret moving away from family because we love this town, we love what it's offered us and provided for us. But we do miss the aspect of family and the other places that we are that we are living.
0: Yeah, I think something that has actually been a blessing though of moving away from family is when our family comes and visits, we get that quality time with whoever's there. Yes. And that has meant a lot to me. Like, me too. because I feel like we saw Elisha's parents so much when we were living on the property with them. And I love that experience. But like when your parents come and stay in our town and it's just our kids yeah. that, and just our conversation, you know, there's not like five other siblings there, or whatever, yeah. it's just really special. And I feel that way about your siblings that have come and visited, and my siblings and my parents. It's a really special, unique thing to have that quality time when you're used to being around a huge family all the time. So it's been a blessing, even though, yeah, I would love to just have family down the street and be able to pop in and pop out.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it.
0: That is it. So there's, there's the assumptions for you guys.
1: Thank you for having assumptions. Yeah. That was fun to talk about.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, well, I guess we can just wrap things up. I know. Yeah, I feel
0: like. What do you say yeah, now? now? Yeah, what we'll,
1: do you say now? Yeah, we'll fill you in on, on everything else that's happening in our life next week. That's, that's how we'll wrap things up. Yes, thanks for listening. Bye bye.
0: Bye.